So welcome back to another episode of the Elite Body and Performance Podcast. And today we are joined by another very special guest of which has been voted in the top three coaches of the world by Forbes magazine. Um, and it's someone who shares the same messaging and the same values as myself. So I thought it'd be brilliant to bring one on podcast because I know he'll bring a ton of value. So welcome, Mr. Charlie Johnson. Thank you. I really, really appreciate uh, your time and the audience's time listening to this. I'm going to try and give um, as much actionable and strategic stuff you can actually implement. So I want everyone who's listening to this to be able to come away with thinking like you've learned something you can actually use that will help you rather than me rattle on about science or anything. Absolutely. I think that's a, a big idea behind the podcast as well is easily digestible knowledge, which you can take away in action straight away because I mean, people like you, yourself and I could go into the science because we love and enjoy it. But I think most people, right, I want things that I can take away in action straight away. So before we delve into just that, I think it'd be really cool and valuable for the listeners to learn a little bit more about you, you know, who you are, what got you into the industry and where you're at right now. Okay, awesome. So um, I'm going to try and do a 60 second synopsis. I want to talk about myself for, for an hour on podcast. So um, I used to be overweight when I was younger. I struggled with being obese. Um and I managed to basically turn my life around and lose weight. I was about 24, 25, 26. I actually originally became a personal trainer when I was around 18, 19. Yeah, I didn't fucking know what I was doing. And apologies, I just swear. And because, and this is an example, and there's a lot of trainers out there, in particular online coaches, who don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And I feel I'm on a mission to like correct the wrongs that people are doing and correct the mistakes because nothing frustrates me more than like the difficulty I went through when I was younger. Like, doing all the things I thought we're doing, I was supposed to do to get results and never finally getting there. Um, so I uh, was struggling with that until about 25, 26. At the time I was managing a branch of an estate agents because I didn't really like personal training, people one-to-one. And to be honest, I wasn't very good at the time. I then finally managed to like click the code in terms of the secret to get in shape. Um, I then competed a couple of times and then I launched my online coaching business, CJ Coaching, which is the biggest um, like body transformation um, uh, business essentially within Europe. And in terms of English speaking, other than my friend, Frank, who's Dutch, so I'm excluding him. Um, so that's gone really well. We've transformed over 8,000 clients in the last few years. We've been featured in Forbes magazine, men's health, muscle and fitness, loads of other cool shit. I currently live in Dubai and have also just now started two other businesses. One is helping um, trainers in terms of actually getting results with their clients. So I'm teaching trainers in terms of nutrition certifications. So like reproducing the skills that I use with clients to help more people get results to have more impact and then also just created uh, another business which is seven figure scaling systems which is helping fitness entrepreneurs create their own businesses again to help more people have impact because my big goal is by 2030 to have had enough influence to have transformed 100,000 lives that's my like 90 second elevator pitch if that's under 90 seconds yeah absolutely so a man on a mission absolutely <laughs> love it so and obviously you know you like to travel a lot and i remember um obviously with yourself in nashville and there's a lot of cool little gyms you've trained at so i thought it'd be quite interesting just as like a little fact in the beginning what's the best gyms that you have ever trained at okay. interesting. The, the best gym in the world i so i went on a weird trip earlier in the year and i saw you on part of it where i was supposed to go skiing in canada for a week I ended up being away for two months. I didn't come back because I live in Dubai now. Um, and I ended up going, I was like, I was supposed to fly back from Toronto to Dubai. And I was like, you know, I'm staying in Toronto for a week. So there's a cool gym I wanted to visit. And it's called Pure Muscle and Fitness in Burlington. This gym is the best gym in the world. The equipment, uh, it's, it's like two gyms stuck together. The equipment, the staff, the protein shakes, everything is <laughs> insane. Um, so I ended up staying there for like five, six weeks and basically living in Canada, which was a cool experience. 
Um, so the number one, I would say is pure muscle and fitness, um, which probably isn't what people were expecting. And then there's some pretty dope ones in Dubai, but it's going to be, I'm fortunate enough to train there every day, which is, um, but I still get frustrated is Banoosh gym. And I would actually shout out if they're listening to this, anyone from physique warehouse in the UK in West yeah, Melbourne, yeah, Hampton yeah. Court. Um, that gym is like, that, that's where it all began for me. So there's a huge amount of nostalgia there. And a friend of mine, Luke owns it and does a great job in terms of some sick equipment um, like great atmosphere, really nice staff. So if you're in the UK, head down to Physique Warehouse in Hampton Court, big shout out to them. Incredible. Yeah, no, I, um, when I went to Dubai training over at Vinos was incredible. And I think I'm sure you would agree, especially coming back to what you said in the intro, where there's a lot of bad trainers and a lot of crap in the industry. And I'm sure you have seen it yourself as well, but I think we could potentially lean on to some of the biggest mistakes people make starting with training. Cause I'm sure we've both seen quite a few, especially in and around uh, the Dubai gyms as well. <laughs> Uh, that's a really easy tangent to go into to be fair so i'm going to go through the three three like big golden nuggets number one um don't do stupid influencer exercises they do that look cool like yeah. i i slag these off a lot and tend to post a lot about them on social media it's like the basic exercises perform perfectly and what will get your results so don't get lured into the latest gimmick would be one thing number two tempo is the key so like actually controlling the, the weight and um, time under tension is what builds muscle. So don't think about like exploding through a rep. So if you're using a bench press, for example, and you're literally launching the bar from like your chest up, what's actually happening is you're only contracting the muscle fibers at the bottom of the movement. And through the rest of that range of motion, the muscle's not working, it's just momentum. Um, and then I would say, lastly, the big thing I would say in terms of training would actually be understanding uh, training volume and recovery. And realizing that the most important thing is not um, how much you train or training every single day, it's how hard you train and giving yourself enough time to recover. So something you can take away from this if you're listening, the best thing I would suggest maximal is doing three days of weight training in a row. You should not be doing six days of weight training in a row. If you are, you're training like a pansy. I personally do two days on, one day off. So I'll do two days of weight training. At the moment, I do boxing for my rest day. And I do weight training of another two days is repeat. Absolutely. And I think as well, that kind of comes down to the difference of training hard and training smart. Because if we're going to the gym, you know, we're running ourselves into the ground and we walk out like we've hit, been hit by a bus. You know, the, the following sessions that we try and go on a daily basis, the intensity is going to come down. And ultimately, the frequency is going to come down when we get injured. Because if you're training six days a week, it's inevitable at some point you're going to hit that brick wall where either you get injured or you lose all love for training, your intensity goes and then results slow down massively. And going back to point number one as well, which is absolutely huge. And it's sometimes the boring shit works the best. You know, if we're program hopping every single week, we're not learning and understanding and perfecting certain movements the right contraction, the right execution, or progressively overloading certain exercises because we're consistently changing them. There's no progress markers to track. And we're just going to, again, hit that brick wall and go straight back to square one. So, so yeah, some really, really big points there as well. And if we also segue that onto nutrition, how about nutrition? Well, some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen people make here, and I'm sure we could talk about this one for hours. Um, so this is really good, actually. So the be all and end all, if you're looking to lose body fat, it's just it's calories in versus calories out, which is actually why I, I taught my nutrition course on Monday. It's simple energy balance. Now, like people will talk, for example, about the ketogenic diet, like and the ketogenic diet burns more fat. Correct, a ketogenic does, but diet does burn more fat. Would you like to hazard a guess why? 
<laughs> the, yeah, reason it, the reason it burns more fat is because you're consuming more fat. So when you eat more fat, your body will burn more fat because it's burning the calories you're eating from fat. So it actually increases your fat burning, correct? But it doesn't actually mean you're losing weight faster. And when they've done clinical studies looking at the difference between people uh, eating like a high protein, high fat diet, low carb versus high protein, medium to high carb, whatever, lower fat, they, the only thing that ever makes a difference is the amount of calories you're eating. There is very different, like very little difference between people eating high, um, high carbs and high fat. So the big thing you really want to focus on, I would say, firstly, is um, understanding that and, and getting rid of that myth. Um, the second big one, which I struggled with when I was younger, was the believer that cheat days work. That's fucking retarded. Because if you're, we just said a second ago, the goal of fat loss is to be in a calorie deficit. Absolutely. Let's say hypothetically from Monday to Friday, we've created a deficit of, say, for example, um, two and a half thousand calories. We're in deficit 500 a day. Saturday rolls around. Then we go nuts and we have a cheat day, a cheat meal. We eat 5,000 calories. Are we in a deficit over the week? No. Are we going to yeah. lose body fat? Yeah, absolutely. No. Absolutely. That's why it doesn't work. Absolutely. And I think there as well, like the, the alternative would be a flexi day but of which still has a ceiling because as soon as you go to an event, whatever it may now be, and you don't have a ceiling, as you say, you take that average across the week and the average calories that you've now consumed, having a big 5,000, 6,000 calorie day because you've seen Dwayne Rock Johnson do it, that's going to bring you straight to maintenance, if not surplus. And then you're going to be thinking, oh my God, I'm, I'm eating 1,300 calories a day. Why am I not dropping body fat yet? Friday, Saturday, Sundays through the absolute roof that's exactly why and i think that's again a big mistake that i see people make and another one i see people make as well is seriously trying to overcomplicate absolutely everything trying to find the most difficult route thinking that right it has to be hard otherwise it's not working when realistically if we're we're looking at it a little bit more smart and we're planning ahead of time and we're hitting the right kind of protein targets we're looking after hunger we're looking after energy management as well because one thing i always say and i spoke about uh, about on a podcast every day is imagine if you wake up in the morning and you feel like you could just run through a brick wall. You know, your energy's through the roof. You feel great. Your discipline's high. You're going to be able to crush your targets and have that discipline there to do so. Whereas if you wake up, you're tired, lethargic, exhausted. You run yourself down into the ground with your calories. Your discipline's going to completely go. And it's like, right, delivery. I'm just going to order everything on the menu because I just can't. I'm just so hungry. I need food. I don't care what it is. So it's just, again, making sure we're planning in advance. We're not running ourselves into the ground and being stupid with our diets that we obviously see people do very often. And generally it's after people have done that when they come to us and say, right, I need help. I need to fix this thing that I've now kind of come into as well. So one thing I'd love to lean on as well is I know um, before you became a coach, you was also working within the corporate industry, right? Uh, within what industry, sorry? Corporate industry over real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I worked, I was a manager of a branch of an estate agent from, 22 to 27 28 and then if anyone listens to gary v i did the side hustle thing of creating my own like online business that i then earned more from and then fucked off the corporate world and for anyone who wants like probably one of the greatest moments of my life if you work in a state you work in sales it's a agency when you give in your notice they don't pay you commission so for the last month you basically get paid like you work for fucking half price i was like screw that i'm not doing that so i was yeah. like the day i got paid i like bowled in just took my shit i was like i'm leaving and then uh, I went home, my area manager called me and was like, you can't do this, you have to come back. And I was like, no, I don't. And <laughs> that, that, that moment really resonated in my brain because I was like, look, 
if you and anyone listen to this it's like if you back yourself and truly commit 100 percent to whatever it is you're trying to achieve you never have to listen to anyone again you live by the sword and you die by the sword like you have to sort your own shit out and whether that's getting in shape or building a business or looking after your family you have to be the one to be accountable to yourself and no one's going to spoon feed you but it also gives you the freedom to do that so the big thing i'd say for anyone listening to that who wants to get in shape or wants to build a business or wants to be successful is just commit and like tony robbins says burn the boats like there's no fucking way i was going back yeah absolutely and i think you know with the people that we work with predominantly as well is what we try and do is we want to make that person feel unstoppable and build an unstoppable physique to then complement their professional life, their, their business, their whatever it may now be. So we want to look at how can we improve their cognitive function, productivity, self-belief, confidence, and so forth. So what kind of effects did you find that your own fitness journey had when you was working? So we, you know, the obvious ones that being coaches and within business, but what would you find the biggest effects you have on your fitness journey? How would you say that complements you within your business and your professional life as well? Uh, the big thing I'd say is confidence. And also it gives you a bit of an aura or a presence in particular for a guy and you're a bigger guy because like, I don't know, for example, uh, I used to walk into a room in a suit. I was quite a big guy. People would be like, not, not I don't mean intimidated, but you have more of a presence about you yeah, yeah. and people naturally see you as more of a position of authority. Um, whereas like, first, if I, if I see someone uh, who's trying to sell me something or wants to do business with me and then they're fat, I'm like, you, like you can't look after yourself why would i entrust you to help me with my business or look after my accounts or do something when you can't even look after yourself yeah. so if anyone who's listening to this if you run your own business and you're you're struggling or whatever this is one of the things i'd actually think about because like not a lot like not even you improving yourself but improving the perception other people will have of you because people want to do business with you if you're someone like who they want to be like and that people yeah. like people blind people and if you're out of shape and you're not someone who's necessarily aspirational, people are less likely to want to work with you. And the other big benefit I would say um, that comes from you getting in shape from a work point of view would be uh, probably like threefold. One would be confidence. When you suddenly realize you commit to your goals and you see things through and you work hard, that you will get results. And with your body, that's easier than anything. Business, there's like external factors that come in. But as I said at the beginning of this, if you, if you just want to lose weight, you just need to burn more calories than you eat every day. You can yeah. control, control what you put in your mouth. You can control how many calories you burn. That's on you. Um, and then the second one, I think I'd say is like a big one is energy levels because um, one of the reasons a lot of people struggle is that they have, don't have the ability to stabilize their blood sugar levels, um, which is why they often crash in the afternoon. So they're not productive. When you get your body into a leaner body composition, your body's ability to shuttle uh, to insulin sensitivity improves. And also as a male, your um, hormone optimized, hormones become more optimal. So your testosterone will increase and your estrogen, which is the female sex hormone will reduce, which actually, again, makes you more confident and more likely to take risks and therefore more likely to be successful just because you're in better shape. Yeah, absolutely. And to lean on that as well, one thing that I always notice and like to say as well is it's kind of the idea of success in one area breed success in all areas. And I suppose it kind of comes back to like the confidence and self-belief in that presence and authority. But I always find, you know, if you're absolutely excelling in your career, your professional life is absolutely thriving. And all of a sudden you think, you know what, I'm doing so well. Like I want to look after me. You know, how, what can I do with my body now? What can I do with my physique? And then as vice versa, people who are absolutely crushing their fitness journey thinking, right, I'm absolutely crushing this. What can I now do with my, with my career? How can I now use these to go hand in hand 
and then use it as a big stepping stone to go, right, you know what, I'm crushing this area, I want to cross this area. And then when you're smashing your career, smashing your fitness, it's like, right, how can I now improve my relationships and how can I better support the people around me and so forth? And I think this is such a powerful thing that people overlook massively with the, the fact that kind of like success in one area will massively motivate you to then crush every other area of your life. Do you agree? Uh, do I read? I read loads. I read. Do you agree? Sorry, do you agree? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree 100%. And it's because it's, it's like a multiplier effect, but it's also like a gravitational pull because people get drawn to successful, positive people, which again is why I'm saying if anyone's struggling from a business point of view, if you're in shit shape and you look depressed and your posture's bad, guess what? That comes across and people don't want to deal with you. Whereas if you're super charismatic, you're smiley, you're happy like Reese is, people are like, oh yeah, this is a nice guy. I like this guy. He makes me feel good when I talk to him rather than people who's like heads down and yeah, yeah, respectfully, yeah. I'm from the UK and from London uh, originally, but like I see that a lot in London. People, yeah. like, they have the head down, no one talks to anyone. And like, you want to have a charismatic environment that really uplifts you, which is one of the reasons why I, I decided to move to Dubai uh, earlier in the year. Absolutely. I, I could not agree with you more. And I remember we even have a, had a conversation over in Nashville about it. And it's, it's kind of like, I found exactly the same thing, especially in and around London. It's kind of like, everyone just seems so dull and so down and like everything's going wrong. But then when we went to America, uh, it was the same when I went to Vegas, New York, um, Nashville, everybody is so happy. No matter if it's the person behind the counter, the person walking down the street or somebody in the same mastermind room, everyone's just happy. They, they seem like they've got such a better aura around them. And you can tell that, I know it's obviously not necessarily consistent across the whole country, but a lot of the time it's, you know, I feel like they always think a lot bigger in regards to, right, I just want to be able to do more, be more and achieve more. I, I'm going to give a good example why. I can't remember who told me this. And um, basically people in the US would have more respect for you that you tried and you failed then you never tried at all. Whereas people in the UK are very much like, oh, you shouldn't leave your nine to five job because that's safe and secure. Like, like what, what if it doesn't work? And it's like, okay, think about what if it doesn't work? What if it does work? Yeah. If it does work, you live the life of your dreams. If it doesn't work, you just go back to the job you had beforehand. So like me for a state agency, for example, I knew if it didn't work, I was shit hot at what I did. I get another job straight away. So like, what, what, what's the downside? There isn't. No, absolutely. And do you know what is a big kind of lesson I remember? I was 17 at the time and I was working at a local gym, Energy Fitness Crawley, for those who are local. And the owner of the gym, his name was Ajit, really good guy. And he was kind of like my first mentor, the first guy who really showed me the ropes. And he, he was a huge businessman, loved it. And he, he could kind of tell that I, I really like that kind of side of things as well. So we used to sit down and just have conversation with me for hours you know, my shift, if you would finish, I just talked to him and we were kind of talking about risks. And, you know, I was, I remember him saying, Reese, what's the worst that would happen? So he was talking about at the time I was looking to go self-employed as a personal trainer. Um, when I was 17, I was a little bit nervous. I was thinking, I'm a bit too young. Is this going to work? He goes, Reese, what's the worst that would happen? He goes, picture the absolute worst case scenario. What would happen, Reese? I went, well, I, I picked shifts back up. Because so is it really that bad? You go all in, doesn't work. You pick shifts back up and you give it another go. When you're right, actually, he goes back where I'm from, you know, if I was to go all in and take a risk and literally put everything I had, you know, we'd be sleeping on the street, like there, there's no backup, but here it's a lot easier. You can just take a risk and nothing bad will happen. You've always got something to fall back on. And I think people forget that and forget that how important and big risks are for whatever you do in life. And I think, again, that's a really, really cool message that wasn't even the, the, the point of the podcast, but I think it's a really good kind of segue into and something that I think people take a lot of value from as well. 
Yeah, and it's something I actually think about a lot. Um, in particular, like with like business things can be stressful at times or whatever. Like I had my Instagram account disabled earlier in the week. I had a really shit three days where I got divorced, had to clear out my house. And then I got my Instagram got disabled in three days. So I was like, this is fun. Um, and I was living in a hotel at the time. So that, that was a real bad time. Um, but like one of the things I think about is like worst case scenario. Like, okay, if everything goes really fucking tits up, my parents, my family don't live in the UK. My pa- parents live in Marbella. I go and live with them. I live in the sun. I just train PT people. I get myself back on my feet. Like I just sit in the sun and work out all the time. Basically what I do now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's no downside. But again, I just think, you know, the the kind of culture, especially like we say, you know, a lot of time in the UK, the culture is you can't take risks. You know, if you do that, you you know, what's going to happen? What if, what if, what if? But the way I like to say, what if I don't? Like you said, what if I don't do it? You know, so whenever I now look at taking a risk, it's not what if this happens, it's what if I don't do it? What if something great could have come off the back of it? And that's, again, a lot of the time when people are looking to get into awesome shape, it's, you know, what if I do it and it doesn't work? What if I do it and, you know, I give up everything, go to the gym and it doesn't work, right? What if you don't do it? How can you continue to live with where your health is at right now? What kind of set, uh, standard have you set in for maybe your children or the people around you? You know, what if you don't take that leap? And that's, I think, something that people should really reframe the way they look at risk towards that direction as opposed to scarcity mindset more growth mindset one thing i would say to everyone listening is that you should seek failure and you should seek to fail so to give an example it probably took me seven years to get in shape because i tried all the stuff bullshit influencers have said to do what magazines said to do it was seven years of mistakes of trial and error until i found my own system that worked and then i end up getting like on covers of magazines i didn't get the accolations i wanted because I was persistent and I was relentless and that's all it takes is just like constantly trying because every time you fail you learn and pain is knowledge really quick so like you just got to keep trying and eventually you'll get to where you want to be the reason you won't get results is because you're not willing to like put it on the line and you're not willing to let maybe your ego get humbled a little bit to say I don't know everything maybe I need someone to help me with my fitness or my business or my relationships or whatever and not willing to ask someone for help of course. And I actually spoke about this uh, in a bit of detail on uh, Ben Mark's podcast, and, uh, you know, as well. And I was saying that I find failure responsible for everything I've achieved because you, all you're going to do is learn. If you fail at something, you know something that you didn't know yesterday, which means the next time you go into that scenario, you're going with more knowledge and a higher chance to succeed. So I honestly don't feel like failure. I, feel, I hate the word. But I absolutely love it because every time you learn something new, you learn a lesson and therefore the next time you do it, you have much more tools to work with, which is always really powerful. 100%. So I know you mentioned earlier as well uh, that you read um, and I thought it'd be quite cool to lean on that. Uh, I don't want to really lean into you, but what do you think reading's done for you? Oh, um, I'm going to go a bit more personal. So obviously in terms of learning for fit I, I actually wouldn't say reading necessarily helped me learn in terms of fitness knowledge i learned fitness knowledge from i'd say i'm one of the best in the world in terms of exercise execution and nutrition through trial and error by making a lot of mistakes and tra- training and being coached by a lot of people and working with the best people and um, i think from business i learned a lot from books uh, and again also from trial and error and being coached by a lot of people but like now the big focus for me is like self-mastery of my own mind because the biggest thing that's going to hold me back is and my own limitations is my own mental thought process. And the more you take on, the more responsibilities you get, the more you get pulled from pillar to post, the more you need to have the skill to 
um, of self-mastery to like control your emotions yeah. and then also to understand what it is you really want. So um, this is a great exercise I'd recommend anyone does and it's called 100 Wishes. So literally you get a pen and paper and you just sit down and you fucking write anything you want, write 100 things you want in life, like anything, like, like go to the moon, go to Mars, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got to like 36 and I couldn't think of anything else. Um, but that what that does, it then gives your brain and you like a North star of like, okay, these are things I actually want in life. And this is what I need to work towards because yeah. the ultimate thing that we all want is happiness. And what will make anyone unhappy and depressed and off the fucking grid is if you think financial success or being big on Instagram or whatever, it's going to lead to you be happy. When you get there, if you're not happy, you're completely screwed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really interesting. I think when you actually think, reflect and actually write things down as well. So I think a lot of people go, yeah, I would have to do this. And yeah, it'd be great if I achieved that. But as soon as you actually write it down and go, right, let me reverse engineer what I wrote down. So if you're writing down 100 wishes, reverse engineer and go, right, this is what I want to achieve. Now let me work backwards. How do I get there? And it really kind of sets it in stone and, and really sets you on that journey, which is great. And for me as well, reading, I would generally say reading changed my life massively. I think for me, I think I mainly started reading at the beginning of lockdown and I really fell in love with it. I, I couldn't do a day without doing at least 30 pages. Now I do between 15 and 20 a day. And I just find, again, I'm quite similar to yourself in regards to fitness books. I've learned a lot through fitness, through books, but mainly through application and coaches and, you know, just courses and so forth. But one fitness book I've done, if you've read, Boundless is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. But the majority of the books I've read as well has been for more of like um, a personal development, business side of things. What would you say is your top five? For, the, for those listening, what would you say is your top five books you've read? Uh, this is very good. So I'm going to go on these in different subjects. So two that I'd recommend for everyone, and I always actually recommend to fitness clients. One is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Titles in the, the title. Uh, second one is a book called uh, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, which is essentially in terms of... Um, every decision you make either takes you towards your goal or away, away from your goals in terms of like making the right decisions every single day. I would say from a sales perspective, I think, and marketing for a business, Alex Hormozzi's $100 million offers. And um, the fourth book I would say is the last chapter of it almost had me, had me in tears. I read like four times called Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Um, it's actually a book about like managing money and investing. But again, it goes very much into like your why, what you want, and what really makes you happy. Um, and then the fifth one, I've got so many, I'm just trying to look at my <laughs> bookcase. Uh, the fifth one I would actually say is maybe um, Tim Ferriss' Tools of Titans, because yeah. it's basically, I don't know how many people are in the book, but maybe like 150 different, like, different people who are like the most successful people in the world. And each person gives like their personal things that have helped them the most. And again, like I try and do it on the podcast now, I want to give you guys as much value as possible. And I like tangible resources like that where I can extract value quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, the Tools of Titan is quite a big book as well, but it's not like That's a massive. dry read. I remember when I first looked at it, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to get so bored. It's such a dry read. But as soon as I started getting into it, I thought, you know what? I feel like I can just, because like you say, it's very different. Like you've got loads of different people in there and different opinions and stuff. And 
every kind of page, it does seem like you're taking on a slightly different journey, which yeah. is good. Um, I don't know if you've read one book I recommend massively to all my clients was Relentless, Tim Grover. Yeah, I think- I, actually, that that's uh, Winning and Relentless. I probably should put those two in there. They're very good. Yeah, Audio book sick as well. It's good as well, yeah. And Relentless, because I come from a very sporting background as an athlete as well. So like my, my background is growing up, I wanted to be a professional footballer. And a big part of when I learned, I get kind of not going segueing too back uh, into failure, but a lot of the time I had opportunities on the pre- uh, professional stage, got set back and had to go again, got set back and... When I was reading Relentless, a lot of it, I felt like resonated with me personally. And I felt like this kind of book is what I needed 10 years ago. When I was having my setbacks, having my failures and thinking the world's going to end, I needed this book then. So if anybody is in that kind of position right now, Relentless is a fantastic book. And I, again, I wouldn't recommend higher um, Atomic Habits by James Clear as well. That's absolutely brilliant. So I'd love to understand. Uh, what's I just one- quickly want to add in one hack, sorry, before yes. one, is that... Um, in terms of learning absorbing information quicker, if you put in noise cancelling headphones, the Bose NP700s are sick. Use those with Audible. Put the, the put the speed on with whatever book you're reading at like 1.52x and yeah. listen to the book um, whilst reading it following with your finger. You can read it twice as fast and you absorb more information. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, I've actually read and, and heard of that one before, but I haven't actually applied it. It's, it is insane. I don't know, Jill, I feel like if I'm if I'm plugging in my headphones, probably send up in a bit of two-pack on. <laughs> but no, no, great, great thing. Again, when it comes to absorbing information as well, like I find myself sometimes if I'm reading a book, every now and again, I just kind of drift off. And it's important to absorb the information. I think doing something like that, actually taking in every word it is massively impactful. So what's one piece of advice? This would be quite an interesting one that you would give to a younger Charlie. So if you can go to Charlie, who's working in estate agents, maybe just joined, what's one piece of advice you would give to him? Uh, the first thing that comes to my head is believe in myself, believe in yourself, because I lacked confidence and self-belief and didn't believe I could be different. And um, one of the things that's actually interesting is um, I actually spoke about the OG where it all began at Physique Warehouse. When I first started doing what I do now, whilst I was working a full-time job, people were like, why is Charlie doing this? Why is he posting photos himself? Who does he think he is? And if I had listened to those people, I would still be working in that job. And I wouldn't have helped 8,000 people get in shape. I wouldn't employ 50 people. I wouldn't live in Dubai. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't because of those people. So the one thing I'd say is believe in yourself. And then often the people closest to you will hold you back. Like yeah. I'm talking about family, people you work Absolutely. with unintentionally because they think they're looking out for your good. Absolutely. But that actually comes down to, again, the culture of maybe the UK, which is very scarce and protective. Whereas you actually need to push people out of their comfort zone to be like, fuck it, just go and try it and just do it and just jump in with both feet, give it everything you can. Because the big thing you have to realize, we don't get another go at this. Like I'm 33 at the end of the year, like life's vanishing, like in the blink of an eye. And the last thing you want is regret to think, what if? Yeah, I actually done a post about this yesterday and I can't remember the, the first person I heard say it. I can't remember if I read a book or it might be like a maybe better school or something, but one of the biggest fears is the day you die and meeting the person you could have become. And for me, I think, imagine if you get that and that, that person is completely different. I think, yeah, it was better school. It was one of his podcasts. You, you meet the person you could have become and it's completely different. You know, I want to get to that position. It's like looking in a mirror. You know, that person is me, you know, to an absolute T, but imagine getting to the end of your life, you meet the person you could have become and that person being a complete stranger. You know, because you're right, you, you get one shot. <laughs> you only get one shot. And I think people get that. And you're right, the, the people closest around you unintentionally 
will hold you back. Like, you know, don't work so hard. You know, what if you, what if you burn out or, you know, you, you're dieting down, but, you know, enjoy yourself. You should be doing this and this. And it's, if you kind of have that clear vision of somewhere you want to go, it's important to make sure you have that tunnel vision and believe in yourself that it's, it's more than achievable. And the part of the post I put up yesterday was, we put people on the moon. Are you telling me you can't get in great shape? Like we put people on the moon. <laughs> Here's the better way to put it. Has someone in the world like you done what you want to do? If your goal is simply to lose weight and get in shape, billions of people have done it. And they've done it for the last however thousands of years we've been in yeah. existence. Yeah. Like if you were like Elon Musk and you're trying to create something that no one else has ever done before, I'll give you that. That's different. But like th this is relatively simple. Yeah. And it's like saying someone busy than you has done it. You know, someone who's much busier, had much more valid excuses, if you will, has done the exact same thing. So, yeah, absolutely. So before we segue into the back end of the podcast, I thought it'd be quite interesting just to go over a quick fire overrated, underrated on a couple of different topics to get your opinion on. You ready? Yeah, go shoot. Coaching. Uh, underrated. Meditation. Underrated. Not that I do it, but I, I struggle with that. I, I must admit. I'm exactly the same. Keto. Uh, overrated social media oh uh, overrated it's a tough one with that because you need a bit of context but i know this is a little bit generalized so social media could be very under and very overrated at the same time but yeah. join us the next one cheat meals overrated whey protein overrated travel travel underrated medium rare cooked steak um overrated it should be rare <laughs> BCAAs overrated you need uh, EEAs because essential amino acids can't Absolutely. be produced by the body and lastly carb cycling uh, underrated Amazing. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Again, I think absolutely everybody who has listened to this is going to take a ton of value. So before we come to the end, where could people find you both? Anybody who's looking to get some content and fitness ideas and also the coaches who could be interested in what we're doing from the nutrition side of things and mental side of things as well. Um, so firstly, I have my own podcast called The Shredder Show. We've got like 300 episodes, got some of the world's leading experts in fitness. So I'd head over, go and check that out. Leave us a review, subscribe would be great. Um, my fitness Instagram page is at Charlie Johnson Fitness. You can check out everything we're doing there. Also really big in terms of TikTok. Um, and if you're interested in terms of like the business coach and the seven-figure scaling systems, uh, or also even the nutrition course, uh, which we're currently teaching as well, then feel free to just drop me a DM and we can have a quick chat about how we can help you. Amazing. And I guess I'll be seeing you in Vegas in September for the Mastermind? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Amazing. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.